What's up, Gravel family? I'm Sophia. And I'm Jason. And this is the Gravel Family Podcast. The Gravel Family Podcast is an encouraging space to motivate more people to get on their bikes and enjoy gravel. We're going to share a variety of stories from hometown pirates to the top tier pros. We're also going to share training tips and insights on gravel worlds and other events, as well as answer your questions that arise through your training season. We are so excited you're here. Welcome to the Gravel Family. All right. What's up, Gravel family? I'm Jason. And I'm Sophia. And we are have another... The, I I say this a lot. We have another fun episode, but this is another one that I... It's like we've been friends, and I'm just excited to have a conversation. And it's one, we will admit, we should have had this guest on a yep. long time ago. I like again, And I think we need to say again, if you haven't been on the podcast, or we haven't asked you, it doesn't mean we don't like you. We're going to get around we, to it. There's just so many awesome people... That and it doesn't mean people who have already been interviewed are more awesome. Yes, it does not. Uh, it's mostly convenience that it happened to work out. So right. if you haven't been on, I promise it means we don't like you. We love everybody. We want everybody to win Gravel Worlds. <laughs> we want everyone to be on the <laughs> podcast. But Sophia and I are uh, quite busy, so we try to do our best. But anyway, tangent aside. Uh, but this <laughs> next guest is, first and foremost, an amazing human above everything else. He happens to ride a bike really fast. Uh, but he is the 2021 Randy Gibson climber Jersey winner here at gravel worlds. And to our knowledge, he has the longest held, uh, a break in gravel worlds history that didn't quite work out. It was close, <laughs> but it's the longest chase we've ever seen. It was really fun to watch. It, it was. And we were all like sitting around at the finish. We're like, who is this chase work <laughs> guy? Like well, spoiler alert on who our <laughs> guest is. <laughs> oh my is. gosh. Well, all right, okay, well. well then he got second at Gravel Worlds this year. Now that we know who he is, people can't guess anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, so he got second overall at Gravel Worlds this year, and he also won nine gravel races, uh, including Gravel Worlds. Uh, he won the Filthy Fifty, the Ragnarok, Dairy Roubaix, not Barry Roubaix. <laughs> it's a race in Wisconsin. You couldn't make it any better of a uh, Wisconsin name. Epic Gravel, the Freeham Seventy Six, the Winston Cup, Gray Duck, and the Gritty Goose. <laughs> Uh, half of those have to be just have to be a gravel race. There's I no possible other way. Those. But welcome to the podcast, Chase oh, Work. And on top of that, two para national championships. Yes, two para national championships, and probably the most famous for his bike being on GCN. Uh, <laughs> welcome to the podcast, Chase Work. Thanks for having me, guys. That, that was a little bit of a chaotic entry. That was, we were everywhere. We're, I apologize to everyone. We'll make sure the rest of the episode is not as chaotic. This is still on our gauntlet weekend, so our minds are... We're, your interview, I think, seven or eight. It's eight at this point. Eight. Or seven. The, seven. the caffeine's See, just tell. kicking in. Hey, I got yeah. I got my naked juice, so I got, I'm carbo, I got some carbos going. Uh, yeah. Just a podcast here. So. Well, <laughs> let's jump into it. A lot of those races that we listed um, are actually from the Midwest, but the upper Midwest, because you are from Minnesota. Um, so what got you into the cycling scene up there? Uh, having to bike 10 miles to hockey practice each way. And then I'm That's just That's right. Like, you were into hockey. I forgot about that. Yeah. And then my friend and I were just competitive and tried going faster and faster each day and then I googled how fast they people race and then ended up doing a mountain bike race and then bought a road bike because those things go faster and 
Yep. Did a few road races where my parents went to, and then they got busy. So I would start, I got my license, would drive myself there, forge their signature on the USAC waiver. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. So, so how old were you at that, t- at that point when you were starting to kind of discover that you really like this? My first race, I believe I was 14 years old. Oh my, oh my gosh. gosh. So you've been doing this for not a super long time, but still like you were a teenager at that point. Yeah. I've 10 years now. Wow, wow. dude. That's crazy. Um, so then what, how many rate were you just, did you give up uh, other sports like, or were and focused just on cycling? Or was it kind of like a normal high school athlete where you do 20 sports? And... I was, <laughs> I, I sucked at football, so I quit that my freshman year of high school, and then I was going to quit hockey my senior year, but like it was just, and I was going to solely focus on biking, but last minute, my friend talked me into it, and then I ended up breaking my leg, and then oh, no. bike season was delayed, and no. yeah, so, but yeah, I played hockey all the way through high school and then once I got once I graduated I'll play hockey once a year the day before Thanksgiving it's that we have an alumni game but yeah now I just bike were you racing through college too like were you on a college team or how did that how did that work yeah, so I went to Purdue for a semester. I was on their club team. They actually got me into cyclocross. So I'm pretty thankful for that. And then I transferred to the U of M or Minnesota. And then they had a club, joined that club and raced with them all four years of their road season. Minnesota's club team is pretty big, isn't it? It was big. And every single year that I was in college, it got smaller and smaller. I I remember... When I went to Nebraska, like the I, people talked about, like the Minnesota club team had like mm-hmm. fifty people or something on it. Like it was like a lot, and like Nebraska's club team had like 10, 10 right. people. You are, um, you also are very dedicated to like grassroots events. Like you, you spend a lot of your season going and supporting small town events. The other thing too, when you go to those events, you're often volunteering. Like you, you spend time at Gravel Worlds volunteering and helping out on the side. Um, and, and you have in the past many times. So, um, what, and then a lot of your races too are focused in Minnesota and Wisconsin. Um, why are those so special to you? Um, and why do you, why do you kind of give back to those races when you're there? Yeah. Uh, for me, going to a bike race is how I socialize with people. So like going to a Minnesota event, I'm going to just know more people and have the opportunity to meet more people. So I, I don't know, like, why not go drive one or two hours, hang out with some cool people? A lot of the local events for me aren't super challenging. So, like, for training, it's just another bike ride, really. So I'll do, I've done intervals during a race before to get training in. Um, but, yeah, like just being able to connect with community members. And then there's like, and for volunteering, I took that from Eno, my teammate. Like I thought it was 
inspirational how he would volunteer and give back and he's been doing that since I've met him so just taking that and like yeah helping give back also since I put on a couple events it's nice to like get ideas or like be able to talk with race directors get ideas on how they do things um differently so that's another reason more of a selfish reason I guess for volunteering which is a weird thing to say but uh (laughs) yeah but and then yeah I'll also incorporate like a visit to my parents if I go race because I'm in Winona so a lot of the races are which is the southeast corner of Minnesota. A lot of the other other races are more central Minnesota, so that's where my parents live. What what advice do you have to someone who's wanting to get involved with those smaller races or even start their own? Because it can be quite intimidating. Even though they're small races, it can be intimidating to go and like, you know, line up at a start line or sign up for a volunteer spot. Yeah, I recommend reaching out to the race director, finding like the the races, Instagram, messaging them, just saying, Hey, do you need any help? Like, and if you re- if you want to put on an event, like find one that you really like and ask if you can shadow the race director on race day or volunteer and like for sure, go get coffee with them. Not during the race week. Cause as race directors, we know how chaotic that is. So ask maybe like a few months before or a few months after, like, hey, can we get coffee? Talk about like how you got into this. Like, I'm trying to put on my event. Like, here's things I'm working on. What, you know, can I have feedback? And yeah, I've been putting on that's, events that's now. That's such for, good advice of like, is. just, I've never had anybody ask that, but that I would totally be down. I know. I'm, I'm just thinking here, like, we're not trying to gatekeep what it's like to be as a promoter. I feel like that's something that promoters don't talk about, like how to start your own race or how to get involved. Like, just ask. That's all, that's oh, all yeah. there is. I've, anytime a, a, you know, a small town race asks for advice, like, I'm all about sitting down with a copy. Like, if it turns into, like, I'm a spending hun- like a hundred hours of con- consulting then we have like a different conversation but mm-hmm. no i like i all the time like people are asking questions especially since we've added a run mm-hmm. to our race like race directors oh, yeah. have been reaching out like like what it, what tips do you have adding a gravel run and stuff so that's I, i'm glad you said that that's really uh it's a really good thing of like i've never had anybody ask like hey can i just shadow you guys for the yeah. weekend um, if anything, that's like basically like a super volunteer, you yeah. know, I guess let's get into your story of yeah. how you got involved in starting your own events. Yeah. So I actually started out by putting on cyclocross races. I did it to raise funds for the U of M team when we were a club. So just I, I, like trying to save myself and the racers money because we had to raise funds for nationals for uh, like a spring break trip. So anyway, we could save money as broke college kids. I was thinking of ideas and it started out me and my friend, we would practice cyclocross skills in my parents' yard or I say yard, but it's more of a family complex because 
my family has, I think it's 10 acres. And then my uncle has 10 acres and my grandparents have 40 acres and it's like a wow. big square. So, um, we would just train on, we have some trails in the backyard that go through the so woods. Cool. Yeah. So then I was like, okay, let's make this into, let's try, you know, begging my parents if we could put on a bike race and like the first year there was like they're like there's so much work we got to clear that the trail wasn't clear or used that whole year so like there was a whole bunch of work and luckily like my grandparents came over with their lawn mowers and just destroyed their blades clearing trail for us and <laughs> there was yeah a lot of like my grades weren't doing so well when I was putting in all the work for the bike race. But uh, yeah, did cyclocross races from 2018 to 2021. And then my like, what I loved was gravel racing. And like, I there was a lot of physical work going into the cyclocross races, which as like someone who's also trying to still race during that season, it was really hard to train. So yeah, moved to putting on gravel events or I did a test gravel event in 2022. And then that was nicer because it was more just, you got to figure out logistics. So things you can do from a laptop and like, sure, I got to figure out a course, but I can just go do a training day and bike a nice 60 mile route or whatever and then yeah then in 2023 I ended up putting on two gravel events so that's amazing that's that's huge for your community because people do appreciate your events and and the outpouring of support that you get is because people do love what you're doing so thank mm. you for that yeah absolutely so what one of those races was the hot dish 200 hot, so we got yeah the hot dish 100 hot dish one. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll take that. Uh, we'll read you that. Uh, so one of those races was the hot dish 100, uh, which Midwest name already from the start. Uh, and mm-hmm. it, isn't it the, didn't you like name it like the most Midwest race or something like that? Uh, I went between the mid, the most Midwestern race in the Midwest or the most Minnesotan race in Minnesota. So we I love I'm it. leaning more towards Minnesota because there's more Minnesota e things where Midwest there's a wider variety. I, I so. was gonna say because you call hot dish, I think I, we call it tater tot casserole, right? Yeah, you guys call yeah. it casserole. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, so yeah, go into what is hot dish? It's like the most Minnesota Minnesota race ever. So yes, yeah, yeah, so. it's got all these fun little things. So last. I'll go into what it was this year and what it will be for the foreseeable future. So it's going to going forward into 2024. uh, It's just going to be called the hot dish because I think some people think if it's the hot dish 100, you got to bike a hundred miles, which we, we offer three distances, a 50 K a 100 K and a 100 miler. Um, They all start in, Winona, Minnesota, we have a farm venue that does overnight camping. So like, uh, like Friday, we'll have a little expo in 2024. And then we'll also have, I stole this idea from the rock cobbler, 
but they had barrel racing, which is like kind of rednecky, which goes back to like me growing up in a farm town. So like Friday night barrel racing and then Saturday, um, I dress up as Paul Bunyan for the race director. So like plaid flannel, um, and then, <laughs> yeah, like I'll, I have a fake beard I'll put on cause I can't grow facial hair and, uh, then yeah, we start each event and, uh, they ride in the driftless region, which is like, they're called bluffs. They're like four or 500 foot climbs. So there's a few of those out on course. And then when they get back, um, for me, like the community is the biggest part of any gravel event and how can I get people or like at any event I like when I see people being able to share their stories with other riders, maybe folks they never rode with during the day um, or that they did ride with during the day or friends they're going to share a beer with. So at the end of the hot dish, we actually serve hot dish. So uh yeah, tater tot hot dish. Uh, my mom will make some like rice hot dish meal. I don't know what. She, I think you can just call anything hot dish if it's in a <laughs> pot and like <laughs> you don't know what it is. So uh, we do that. Is that a very and, Minnesota thing? Like I've never until your race, I hadn't heard the term hot dish, and I've spent a fairly good amount of time in Minnesota, but like more on the business side. Like I wasn't like going to people's houses. So is that, yeah. is that like a Minnesota phrase? Yeah. I mean, nowadays I feel like it's not as common to have, but like back, you know, to feed a family of like six or eight, it's such a cheap meal to put together. Yeah. Cause you're just doing like cream of mushroom soup, some mixed veggies, some hamburger and then like tater tots. So it's a lot of food to like serve to people or a lot of food that you can serve to a lot of people cheaply. So I love it. Yeah. And then 2022, we had a uh, hill called Glazer Golly. So like there was quick trip glazers. You guys don't have this quick trip down in your neck of the woods, but yeah. Uh, like the gas station a, quick trip yeah it's called but it's spelled k-w-i-k it's not the q-t yep, yep. one yeah yep. so um we serve those in a on a hill as like our aid station um yeah and then like there's a big mmr road or b road as nebraska people would say uh and there's like it, well, no, nobody B, really B drives road is iowa b roads iowa road is, we're, okay. we're nebraska's mmr minimum okay mandatory. you do have mmr okay yeah, 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 yeah there's an mmr big pothole and like i put an ope sign <laughs> in the hole so like more of a liability thing like hey don't send it into this hole that's <laughs> like <laughs> over a foot deep so and then it made for really good pictures because it's on a downhill and like the views just it, it, it's into a valley so that's really cool yeah it's about as grassroots as it can get yeah very 60 dollar entry fee so we want to make it accessible to everybody and 
Nice. So, uh, so when is Hot Dish 2024? When's that it's one? It's going to be tentatively July 27th. I'll announce okay. that. Dude, that would be a perfect July race because yeah. Minnesota in July is so perfect. It oh, is. it's so nice. It's like yeah, the one nice could, month of the year. <laughs> it, it could be hot. I, I, but we do have, we have aid stations every 20 miles. So. Oh, nice. Oh, that's yeah. That's really, nice. that's yeah. really good. That's really well thought out. Uh, and then what was your other, your other race? The other one is called Granny's Gravel Grinder. So this one. I would say this is like the most grassroots gravel event I've ever seen. Uh, and I'm biased, obviously, but like you park in my grandpa's farm field. Registration <laughs> is literally in my grandma's garage. Uh, you finish in my grandma's yard, like five feet away from her house. And then at the end I took this from Bobby Wentel at Mid-South and uh, Trevor or Trenton from the Filthy 50. I have my grandma and her friends give out hugs at the finish. Oh, my Aww. goodness. That yeah. is so cute. Because, so, oh, like, you guys give out hugs. Bobby gives out hugs. Trenton gives out hugs. And, like, it, it makes you more connected with an event. Mm -hmm. I feel like, like, Bobby doesn't remember your name, but, like, he remembers you remember hugging that you, hug. and, yeah. yeah, and you remember that hug, and like I remember mm -hmm. hugging you guys every year, and Trenton mm -hmm. after the dam, and and Filthy Fifty. So yeah, like speaking of speaking that. of hugs, this this year's hug with you at the finish line was pretty pretty special. Like your your top memory of, uh, yeah, you just came across the the finish line and you had given it your all man and you had, weren't if i correct me if i'm wrong you weren't expecting a second place finish no not at all and so it was and you know we we cheer for you we're, we're big fans of you only because you ride a laugh no other reasons no i'm just <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm just kidding uh but yeah it was that was a really cool moment like obviously we were really proud of of john being from lincoln winning his third but uh, yeah, I, I always make sure I go right away over to second place because it, it can be a lot of times it's like they have to like go around a crowd and then it's really awkward, uh, but it's like, dude, yeah. you, you accomplished a lot. So it was, it was really good to just have you right there and be emotional and be really and allowing me to tell you I'm proud of you too. You know, that was, that was a really special moment. We cried together and it was, it was yeah. a good moment. Let's let's talk about your 2023 Gravel Worlds experience. Walk us through that, because I know uh, we talked to John Borselman a few weeks ago, and he had mm -hmm. nothing but incredible things to say about your race out there. And um, so let's hear it from you. Yeah, so I'll start the story from Thursday, which was my second Paranationals day. Started in Augusta, Georgia. Uh, my Wait, the uh, Thursday of Gravel Worlds week? Yeah, so I raced. I missed that. Yeah, he like flew yeah. in right after it. I thought it was like the week before. It was like no. two days before. Yeah, so Wednesday what we did heck? a road race in Georgia. And like, you know, Georgia's hot, but you guys were having hotter weather during this time. So it was only in the 90s, but 90s is still super hot. So we raced Wednesday, road race. We won that Thursday 
was the time trial. We won that. And then we had to wait for awards till like 7 p.m. And then after that two-hour drive to Atlanta, and then we slept in a hotel room Friday morning. I fly to Omaha, which like, that's just a airport in a cornfield, it felt like. Uh, and then my team director, John, picked me up. And then I had some folks from Minnesota. They actually brought down my bike, brought down uh, my head jet disc wheel 180 that people lose that their minds the about. Your bike yeah. broke the internet, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, then... F- all day Friday was spent setting up the bike, setting up the wheel, and we were doing all of this at the expo in 100 degree heat. I don't remember how it hot was, it was. It was like bloody a, hot. I think sat, Friday was the cool day, and it only got up to 100. Like all week was like 105, 106. Yeah, but yeah. still very, very hot. So, yeah, that was – I spent – I was out at the expo till 5 p.m., and then I got a ride in just to like test the bike. Um, and then our team booked a super eight, like right next to a highway or some busy intersection. So Friday night, I got a really bad night's sleep. Oh, and no. actually I, I got to the start line, but I was not like in a good mood Saturday morning. Cause it was drizzly kind of, and pretty cold, which mm-hmm. like, you know, I ended up actually being super nice. Well, none of us expected that rain. That rain was was... out of left field. No one was prepared for it. People were showing up with bikes that also were not prepared for those roads. Yeah, it was it was wild that morning. Yeah, we. I mean, we all went to bed with a ten percent chance of rain, and it was like isolated Mm -hmm. thunder, like isolated rain, and it was three and a half inches of rain at four in the morning of race day. Parked over Lincoln. Yeah. Yeah. Then, yeah, so, like, race starts, it's, you know, not muddy, but, like, you got little rock pebbles flinging in you. I didn't have glasses, so the whole time I'm, like, squinting or not being able to see out of one eye at a time. And then John wanted to make the race as hard as possible at the start, and actually, the first hour, I was off the back two or three different times chased back on and then like I felt like I was always at the tail end of every selection so at one point it was like I made the top 20 and then later on it was the top 11 and like each time I was just actually happy I'm like okay I made 20th place this is good like because I I didn't even know if I was going to be able to finish the race because I was exhausted from Wednesday Thursday Friday so then, like, mm-hmm. made top 11. And, like, your guys' field each year at Gravel Worlds is just getting deeper and deeper. So I was, like, 11th is actually, like, in my head, I'm convincing myself. I'm, like, that's a really good result. And then people just kept falling off. And then one of the hills I went a little early because I'm, like, I don't want to get dropped on this hill. So I go early, halfway up, a group of five catches me. And then it's six of us. And I'm like, yes, sixth place. Like, I'm actually super happy about this. Like, 
you know, goal was top 10 and then, or like top, I'm like, I can get top 10 on a good day. And then there were six of us. And then, uh, my Lauf's favorite part was the mud section. Cause that bike just has massive tire clearance and yeah. yeah. Like at Onbound, it helped me make the front group. So then like we hit the mud, the Dutch guy, he was on a road bike that clogged up right away. Brennan's bike clogged up pretty early. And then uh, Freddie Ovet, I don't know if they have mud in Australia because it, it seemed like he kind of struggled clearing it off of his bike. And then I just remember John making it through clearly and he like looks back and yells at all of us. He's like, just start riding. It will come off. And I'm like, he's right. Like I was spending way too much time trying to clear it. And he was going, Steven Vogel started biking towards him. And I'm like, well, those are the two like strongest dudes in the group, especially for that type of like terrain. So I'm like, I just got to start biking and hopefully the mud clears and Sure enough, the mug clears and then, yeah, I catch up to John and Steven and then Steven kind of just, I, I think he just burned too many calories or wasn't eating enough because he fell off pretty soon after that, after I gave him all of my gels. And then it was just me and John and I was honestly just happy with second place. So the whole day I'm like, okay, I got second place. Like it was such a fun bike ride with John. It like, sure. We were going hard, but I feel like we were chatting and a whole bunch, which is like, it's probably my favorite bike race I've ever done. Just like being able to Whoa. talk with. John. Yeah. That's amazing. So, That's a big talk. That's like a big statement. Yeah. Like, John, it was just a super fun day out with John. Like it felt like we were on a. That's what, like how John said. It yeah. was like it was like two like two friends hanging out. Like it was like working like out. Like joking. Really hard. Like you yeah. guys are racing, but you're joking around. It, there's a yeah. lot of pictures that uh, Dan Hughes got of the two of you, and you both have just like huge grins. And like, uh, to me, like that's that's like gravel racing. Is like yeah, it can get it can get hard, but like you kind you two like epitomize the the spirit of gravel and you guys working together for one like you weren't there to like just hurt each other but you were there to like do the best you could it was it was really cool to watch in hindsight like at the photos and you guys working together and then now both of you like just saying good things about each other and that oh, experience. yeah That's really cool i mean i think it would have been a fun group if like brennan and steven and freddie were there too like it just seemed like a fun group of people that like all of us would have contributed the same amount and like whoever you know is the last person to fall apart like I don't know I I miss that part of gravel because now there is some like strategy and like it's a little different where I really felt like this was just like people just fell off or you hit the mud or whatever so um yeah and then I, I wish I could do redo the last like two miles of the race because back to like my mindset of being complacent with like whatever place I was in, like me and John, I was just like, okay, in my head, I got second. John's done more work than me 
that's how I felt in my head. So like he deserves first place. So when he attacked me after the like double track going to the neighborhood, I almost immediately gave up and like was like, you got it. Like you deserve it, John. Go celebrate. So I wish I could redo that. And like, I don't know if I'd be able to beat John, but like it, it yeah. Give it, you, you thought like in hindsight, you think you had like at least one more go to give it a shot. Yeah. At least be able to like hang on to his wheel, especially on that pavement, just cause my bike like suited that the most, like a downhill finish, like with that with the wheel, tailwind too, with yeah. the tailwind, with the, tailwind with the arrow bars, like he it would have been a crazy it, sprint. It would have been yeah. fun. And I, the thing I love too is like you, you two are very different, like body types too, and different types of racers. And like that's another reason to just love cycling. Like yeah, like you mentioned football earlier. Like you were never going to be an NFL like lineman, right? Just because mm-hmm. of your body type. But like you and John, if you would like look next to each other be like who do you think was like is you know you just like look so different and so it's just cool that you guys like you're anybody could be a really good cyclist or just be a cyclist in general you don't have to be a good cyclist but literally anybody can do it you don't have to be big or uh like small or whatever it yeah it was really cool um but yeah then you but then you finish you you did i think you were still only behind by like 15 seconds like it's not like he just completely left you in the dust yeah yeah Uh, no the the last mile I was like you know I'm still super happy with second and that whole time I was just like smiling a little bit of (laughs) tears just because of like the year before not going so well and just like yeah yeah with like my expectations of you know, I just wanted to finish the race. If my legs felt good, maybe I can get a top 10. So yeah, I was just like smiling ear to ear. And then like, I knew I was going to get to hug you guys, talk with John afterwards. Like, yeah, that's what like, I love it. Yeah. It it was a, it was a special year for sure. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned it, we've kind of hinted at it, uh, in your intro and a couple of times, but the wheel, the, the bike that <laughs> broke the internet, I uh, actually was looking up and I'm pretty sure that the photo that Dan Hughes took of you, of <clears throat> uh, not of you, it was literally just your bike. And he said, if chase wins gravel worlds, will sales of the head gravel, almost disc wheel go, go, go skyrocket. And I, I'm pretty sure that that photo was our most shared photo of Gravel Worlds all of last year. It got more yeah. likes than, and shares than than the actual like win post. Um, but yeah, it's basically it was a disc wheel by head for designed for Kona Ironman to deal mm-hmm. with the crosswinds while still having a huge aero advantage. But that's a road <laughs> a road triathlon race, and you put it on a gravel bike. <laughs> Like, what was the, why, why, like, how did that even, who started that conversation of that idea? Cause it's so ridiculous, but it worked. It's worked. It works. Yeah. So the, so I've actually in 2021, I ran a full disc wheel at a Minnesota gravel race called the dam, the day across yep. Minnesota. So actually I was going to run a disc wheel at gravel worlds that year too but i 
I just didn't feel comfortable enough. Like I'm like, people are really not going to like this if I do it. And <laughs> so, yeah. Wait, that was 2021? Yeah. The day Your break could have held. We don't know. I know. <laughs> yeah. I'll never, <laughs> I'll never know. But, uh, so I've always wanted to, cause I feel like for gravel worlds, a aerodynamic setup is, uh, beneficial. So I, and then, you know, the hedge at 180 is a little goofy that it, it's not a full disc and it has that little circle. So head is a local company in Minnesota. So I reached out to them. I, I think it was in January. We talked about the idea of getting a jet 180. And then, uh, I'll, a month or two out from Gravel Worlds, I messaged them again because I knew I was going to have paranationals and I didn't know how I was going to do uh, with racing. So I reached out to them, wanted to run a funny looking wheel to get some attention just for the team because I'm like, well, I don't know if I'll get a top 10 result. You know, how else can I get? eyes for the team so i'll run this weird wheel hopefully it's beneficial and then yeah uh ended up using it and do you think it helped like do you think it's beneficial for you yeah i think it was really beneficial because you know your course is so just down and then almost immediately up on a lot of the hills so just being able to it's why the tandem does so well. It's because they have so much momentum going downhill and they just carry it, you know, halfway up two thirds of the way up and they don't have to put in an effort till then. So that was my exact same thought. I actually was yeah. like, this is going to help me be able to hold on to the tandem more. Cause I'll be able oh, to, interesting. It, you know, it's a little bit heavier. So I will be able to go down the hill faster and then hopefully the aerodynamics help on the uphill. So, Well, if it changes your game strategy for next year, the tandem has already told us they can't come next year because it's uh, Paralympics. So the Olympics right. are like two weeks before Gravel Worlds, and then Paralympics are like when Gravel Worlds is happening. So like they literally like <laughs> finished, and like I don't even know. I think that we were in the gate still, and they're like, I hate to make you sad right now, but like we're, we can't come next year. I, and I was like, well, that's a bummer. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, Paralympics them. are bigger than Gravel Worlds? Come on, no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'll for sure either have that or potentially a full disc wheel back. Because with a full disc wheel, I can run bird spokes. So oh, it, <clears throat> interesting. It actually, okay. I think it would be lighter than the jet 180 and have more aerodynamic benefit plus Fascinating. it's a disc like since it's a rear wheel a lot of people on like youtube comments or whatever they were like how does that how can he ride it in the crosswind blah 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 and like because it's your rear wheel it's not the front wheel you don't get blown around as much so oh, if i had a deep front wheel you know, I would get blown around in the crosswinds. And actually, if you look at my original Instagram post about a bike setup the day before Gravel Worlds, it I did have a deeper front wheel, but then I rode it in the crosswinds. And like, 
I could not stay in the aero bars. So I'm like, I'll just go with the lighter, less aerodynamic front wheel, and I should be able to handle my bike better. Cool. Cool. Nothing that you do would be possible without the support you have um, between your family and sponsors and friends. But your biggest supporter is actually your wife, Abigail. Um, And a really fun story is that you proposed to her at the end of a race in 2021. Uh, What were your nerves like or the preparation like going into that race, knowing that you were about to ask the biggest question of your life? Yeah, so I was really nervous. Uh just asking like the biggest question I guess you can probably ask somebody (laughs) um and I wanted it to be special I wanted both of us we wanted our families to be there um she didn't know I was gonna do it but it felt less obvious if like I asked her mom to come and we kind of made it seem like her mom wanted to come watch me do a bike race, which like, if you know anything about watching gravel races, (laughs) you can't really watch them. So like they, uh, like they came to the finish to celebrate was the plan. Hopefully me winning. I was hoping for the course record that year as well. But then like to make another thing to make it special was I reached out to uh, Bora, which is a local clothing, cycling clothing company, asking if they could make me a skin suit that that said, will you marry me? And just like super simple design. It, it, it They can see it, uh, but it's just like a heart and then will you marry me? And then on the back, there's a big question mark. So uh, I, I use it. So the- you were wearing a different jersey on top of that jersey, and then did you just like throw it right before the finish? Or no, I only wore the skin suit. So actually, Abigail was surprised to like she didn't almost know it was me crossing the finish line because my original kit was black. So then I was in a white skin suit, but my body shape and helmet were kind of the same. So she kind of thought it was me, and then. Uh, yeah, I had my best. So it's a 240 ish mile race across Minnesota. Um, and there's kind of two finish lines, one for the top 10 people. And then the actual like party area finish line. So I had my friend meet me with the ring at the first finish line and Abigail wasn't there. They were at the second one. Uh, he gave me the ring to propose with and then he also went and bought champagne or he drove back bought champagne and then i i still had a bike like four miles through one of the towns get into wisconsin yeah and then there was both of our families were there and i was like mumbling my words if you watch the video i did not know what to say or like (laughs) it's not I didn't practice it, even though the whole bike ride, I was like thinking of like, what am I going to say to her? How am I going to word it? Like, I want it to be articulate. And like, (laughs) I suck at putting together sentences. So yeah, get there, uh, propose. And she says yes. And like, everyone had a circle around. So there's a picture from almost every single angle of the proposal. So Yeah, and then That's like really cool. There, it was a part of uh, the dam made a video, kind of covering 
a few different racers, but they covered me in it. So like that's actually in their short movie they put together for the event. So How cool. yeah. And then she said yes. And then two years later, just two months ago on September 9th, we ended up getting married. So And uh, it was very fitting because you guys it was you got to your reception in a bike, right? You guys came rolling in on a bike? Yeah, in the Grand March, we rolled up on a bike that one of my friends used in his wedding and let us borrow. So that was super cool. And it's so awesome. very, yeah. I love it. it. Yeah, very, very cool. Whenever bikes and love coincide, I know Sophia's a big fan of that. Big fan. <laughs> big fan. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that. Thank you for telling that story. It was it was really cool. If anybody wants to propose at Gravel Worlds, I, I'm down. I, I have I, a skin suit stupid. they can borrow. <laughs> what size is it for people if they want to borrow it? It's a small. It's only been written two times, once for the proposal and once at Gravel Worlds because I thought it was a you, good luck charm. So yep. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, well, cool. Uh, so we're going to wrap up our time here, but Chase, thank you so much. Um, d- uh, real quick, d- what are your plans for 2024 besides hosting a couple gravel races? You got any big, yeah. uh, race goals for next year? Uh, I'll plug the race dates first. So granny's gravel, May 4th, the hot dish, July 27th info can be found at workscyclingservices.com. My race goals for next year. In two days, the Lifetime Grand Prix stuff comes out. I'm crossing my fingers that I get in. Um, really, my goals don't change. Like, I just, I want to do really well at Onbound, I guess. I'll still do local races no matter what. I'll come to Gravel Worlds. Just, yeah. I mean, do keep, well doing, at, keep doing yeah. what you're doing. There's only one spot I haven't been on the Gravel Worlds podium. So in 2024. Oh. Uh, well, hey, wait, yeah. there, we have five now, though. So don't say that. <laughs> gotta, okay, well. You got to go. Well, hey, it would be a good progression because it was third, second. So yeah. let's 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 get it like not uh, John. You're not listening to this part. But <laughs> I'll, I'll root for you. I'll root for you. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So. Well, thank you so much for your time on this uh, awesome Sunday. Uh, but genuinely chase, you're a great human, uh, doing good things in gravel and you're so encouraging to the people that come to your races and the people that follow you. Um, you're just really down to earth. And I feel like, uh, the phrase being a champion on and off the bike, you're, you're, you are the definition of that in a lot of ways. So thank you so much for your support of, of us throughout the years. Um, but before we go, Sophie always has one last question. Yes. So chase, what does the gravel family mean to you? Uh, gravel family means to me like uh, community that w- that supports you both on and off the bike. And if I ever needed help, it'd be people that I reach out to. Um, and just like we have more of a connection than just, yeah, we ride bikes. I think it's, you know, someone you would get coffee with and, you know, share personal stories with, not just bike stories so i love it i did i did kind of take um oli we uh, 
interviewed him the other day, and I took his answer because I was very surprised his answer did not include going to McDonald's with Chase. <laughs> so I'm a little surprised Dang yours it. wasn't going to McDonald's <laughs> with Oli. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that was another highlight of Gravel World this year. I <laughs> uh, love it. Well, thank you so much, Chase, for your time. It was awesome to have you uh, on here to have a conversation in the off season. Thank you. Thank you, Jason and Sophia for having me. Yes. And have fun in Nashville. Congrats thank on your you. Move. you and yeah. You and Abigail will have to come down and visit sometime. Whenever you're coming through, make sure you let me know. Okay. We will. All right. All See right. ya. I'm Sophia. I'm Jason. I'm Chase. And this has been another episode of the Gravel Family Podcast. We will see you next time. Gravel Family Podcast is a Pirate Cycling League production. Gravel Worlds and Pirate Cycling League are owned and operated by Gravel Adventures LLC, Lincoln, Nebraska. For more information on Gravel Family Podcast, visit www.gravelfamily.bike. For information on Gravel Worlds or Pirate Cycling League, go to www.gravel-worlds.com.